Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Welcome to Rat Sound Review. Today we're here with uh, Ronnie Atkins from Pretty Maids, but now also you've made your first solo album. That's true, yeah. Yeah, nice to be here. I did, yeah. I mean, uh, um, yeah, I couldn't do so much, so so many other things, actually, at the time being, you know, for various mm. reasons. Right. Uh, the lockdown and you know, everything, you know, so it was kind of... Um, the obvious choice to do had a lot of song ideas um wrote a lot a lot of stuff at the time and and i had a lot of stuff on hidden on my iphone you know i'd like to get out of my system so uh and and i couldn't meet up with anybody because of the lockdown so it was a natural thing to do i guess right finally right yeah so how was it to record your first album i pretty much uh, I guess mostly by yourself because you like I was reading some of the bio uh, that you had uh, in the promo and uh, this is the first time you did this on your own and um, you did it all digitally right you sent the files through emails and stuff like that instead of doing it in the studio. Yeah, I mean, well, it was done as to actually I didn't I didn't do it all. I, I couldn't have done oh. it without the help of, of good friends, you know, because I mean, mm. I, I literally only sang on the album. I mean, I got a, I have my pretty mates cohort uh, keyboard player, Chris Laney, who was mm. living up in Stockholm. And, and basically he was the, he was the one, uh, the guy who, who said, I mean, encouraged me, said, let's go, man. I just had a diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis, stage four, and right. was kind of freaking out at the time being for a while. And uh, and, he just, and he just hit me. I mean, send send me whatever you got. And I did. And I sent it to him. And uh, so he, he, he literally did the instrumentation of it and uh, sent it back to me. Uh, so I could uh, did, did like a demo and I could do mm-hmm. the vocals because I felt like it was I didn't know if I was racing with time if I'd get really really sick or right. eventually die you know but to be honest it sounds like a little dramatic to say that now right yeah. here I am a year on talking to you right well, but, but that but that's how I felt and uh, so it was basically done the way that I, I sent it up to him he sent it back to me I did, my, did the vocals and then I he got it back and he actually did the uh, the instrumentation and. And seriously, one of the last things we did for this album was the drums, which were done mm-hmm. around around September or something. And that is totally the opposite way of what you know <laughs> what you normally do. And I've never done it like this before because we always used to, you know, write the songs, rehearse, uh, go into some kind of pre-production, go into the studio, do the basic tracks, and and one of the last things to be done would be the vocals, right, and yeah. the guitar solos and stuff. But uh, so it was so totally surreal. Nice. Absolutely, but, but that said, I got to say that the, the whole process went smooth. 
Yeah, it sounds like it did. And actually, I'm kind of in the same similar situation as you are as well, because I also play my own music, too. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a, just me and my guitar player. We're, we send music back and forth to each other through emails. And he don't actually live that far away. But uh, I'm, we're in New York. So, you know, things are kind of still kind of crappy here with the virus and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, we've been working, you know, back and forth. And, yeah, I kind of did my drum. I'm a drummer. And I did my drums last because I let him do all the record, all the guitars and bass and stuff like that. And, you know, put all the click tracks and everything. And I just record it to him. And it's actually a little bit easier that way, I think. Yeah, well, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But these these are the times. I mean, it's uh, not possible to you know to physical meet anybody. Not still not to this day. Right now, it's everything's yeah. pretty locked locked down. You know, it look, looks a little brighter now, I'd say. But mm. so we got to find out find other ways to do things, right? Yeah, exactly. And the same did... same same thing goes for concerts. I mean, nobody really knows when we can go out and see live concerts again. When will yeah. we be? Go out and play again. I mean, everybody's is so hungry for some rock and roll and to see some live concerts. You know, yeah, all, know, over, all over the, all over the world. Right? But <laughs> at some point, it is exactly. So, how is your health doing now? Well, um, actually, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling mm. good right now. Now I'm, I'm getting immune therapy. You know, I had that for a year now. That I guess that's what keep the the devil from the doorsteps. Mm. Um, and um, and I think the fact that I actually did this album, uh, you know, to kind of focus on something good and positive, mm. and and try to put the things bad bad way. There's definitely I I believe in the fact that there's a mental aspect to this as well. Right. And and um, so you know the way the thing it is. In my case, I live in intervals for three months, you know, and just been through some scans a couple of weeks ago, and everything looked uh, good. It seems like the cancer is, is at ease, and uh, oh, good. and that for me is uh, well. Then I'm happy at least for a while, you know. Until next time, I gotta go down and meet the judges, you know, because it's right, like yeah. that's what it feels like. You never get used to that crap, but um, yeah. but I'm 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 doing okay now. I am. Oh. That's good, good to hear. Hey, my my uh, mother-in-law, she just got uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, I think, last year. And mm. uh, every, everything's been okay with that since. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, she they found something and they wanted to get it checked out. And, you know, she was a little worried, but it ended up being nothing. So she's fine, too. It's it's, well, it's a scary thing. Just, I've just been through that, actually, because I went to one of these yearly PET scans. And, uh, mm. and they found something on one of my lymph nodes in my lungs. And then I had to go through bronchoscopy and they took, took biopsies and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, all the alarm bells were ringing, you know, and the right, lights yeah. were on. And it was a hell. It was two weeks in hell, you know, as I, well, while I was waiting for those results. And, right. and But, you know, that that's the thing with this this horrible damn disease is that as my psychologist who I spoke I spoke to a psychologist for the first time in my life like a year ago when all that happened. And she said to me, like, uh, well, that's what everybody tells me. You feel like an antelope on the savannah. You know, you, you know, you know what's going to hit you right, or yeah. when it, when it, when it, when it, what pops up next, you know, that's, that's the, the hardest part of this. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I got some, I got some, you know, pain issues that I'll never get rid of from uh, the surgery and from uh, some uh, nerve damaging from the radiation. And but I can get pills for that, you know, as long yeah. as I, <laughs> as long as it is not it, you know, right. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty okay. You know? You'll be all right then. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and like you had mentioned too, you know, working on music while you're going through what you're going through, it does help because. Again, with me recording, my, my guitarist, right when we were starting our album, his father was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And, 
my my guitarist his he you know he's very close with his father he's only he's, he's the only child so you know he had to go through that with his father and I, and he always needed a break to kind of get away from that and I said you know let's just keep writing you know and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it definitely will help and helped him and you know it did help him along the way unfortunately his you know his father passed and all that but it did help him get through all that a little bit you know because he needed Absolutely. to get that break you know Mm. The thing about this, the thing about this thing, yeah, that it's it actually it is in your subconsciousness twenty four seven. You know, mm-hmm. you never really really get rid of it. You think about it every right. day, but mm-hmm. uh, not but but not that you can't do anything else. But it's just yeah. there. Hard, hard to explain. It's there. You know. Yeah. And and when I when I set that goal for myself a year ago, that I said, I'm, so I'll, I want to do an album. That is my goal now. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best decisions I ever took. Because yeah. that also that was has been part of keeping me, keeping me going, you know. Right. And and it's important, you know, to maintain as much as yourself in this, you know, to to have a, like a regularly day to day business going, you know, do mm. kind of the same things you used to do. Keep your humor if it's possible, you know. As long as you're not laying really, really, really sick. Right. And uh, this, this is it. With all respect to those who who are very, very sick of it right now, but as long as you're not, try to maintain as much as you can it's just of yourself, you know, of your own human personality. Actually, yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you were able to do that because uh, I've been listening to this album for a couple of weeks now, and uh, it's really good. I mean, it's very close to your uh, pretty made stuff, but uh, it's also got your own stuff in there because it's it's more personal than than the pretty made mm. stuff, I, I believe, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, it is more personal uh, for obvious reasons, of course. But uh, right. But you know, I mean, that's the way I write. I always wrote that song. You know, to me, a good song is a good song. You know, mm-hmm. that that's really what my I do, I have no intention of of trying to make any musical revolt or anything, or or try to come up with something new. I mean, I've been doing this for forty years. I'm fifty six <laughs> yeah. now. I let let it up to other people to do that. You know, for me, right. the most important thing is that it's got melody and you can remember it, and and you know, it's got some good hook lines and. Uh, the difference on this one is probably this is is written by by me and 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 uh, Chris Laney helped had his input and helped me arrange it and stuff like that. He's done a great job. But normally I've been writing with Ken from Peter Mays, the guitar mm. you know, and and he's of course a guitarist. So so you know what we've done in the past is is more river ended, of course, because he had his say. Uh, but on the other hand, this time I didn't have to you know to discuss with with uh, you know what, what key it should be in because then it sounded good on the guitar you know and say yeah mm. but can we drop it to this key and then it sounds great because i say yeah what about me then i can't sing that melody you know <laughs> yeah we had we had these arguments you know sometimes it's great you know that, that yeah. you have some somebody that um well you have these arguments about it sometimes you get a better result and sometimes it's easy not to have it you know right yeah. so uh it didn't take much diplomacy this time so uh, it, it was different but and also i mean lyrically it's uh i mean I'm, i was in a different place this time you know i was in a different situation so of course some of the songs became more personal and uh reflecting melancholic uh emotional so to speak mm-hmm. definitely yeah and I'm, I'm going through some of the songs but uh some a couple of ones that stood out for me was subjugated uh is that about anything in particular or anyone in particular no, it's it's basically just about narcissism, really. You know, okay. I think we all we all know a narcissist. or been came across a narcissist mm. at one point yeah. in our life. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and it was actually based on a discussion I had with somebody that um, had a brother-in-law who was that. You know, that that kind mm. of lit the spark for for the vocals. You know, yeah. for the for the lyrics. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because that song starts off. I'm like, all right, this is a nice uh, kind of uplifting song, and then the lyrics kick in, and I'm like, oh my god, what did what did somebody do to Ronnie? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> I just had I just had a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the, the music of the song is pretty much because one of, it was actually one of the last songs we did. And, uh, okay. Adam and I'm a big Def Leppard fan, and so is uh, Chris. You know, we're basically big fans of a lot of stuff that came in the '80s, and, mm-hmm. so that song has that touch. You know, right. Yeah, so. that's funny you mentioned that Def Leppard because uh, you know, that was my the first rock band I ever started with uh, when I was younger. Okay. It's my first mm-hmm. ever band, and then uh, you know when I started getting into Pretty Maids, I noticed you have a lot of that Def Leppard like with the background um, with the uh, what do you call it um, the background vocals. Mm-hmm. You, very similar type feel with that. Um, are you you like a big Def Leppard fan, or that just happened automatically somehow? No, no, I'm a- we we just sometimes you, you go we go all in you know we mm-hmm. did that on that song <laughs> absolutely because I mean we're we're both Def Leppard fans and and Christian Produce is a huge Def Leppard fan and and uh, which is we say oh, this is so Leopard man just take a listen mm-hmm. is that okay or is it too much no no let's go all the way we yeah. do it we do it you know yeah. so uh, and so that is not done disrespectfully but but mm-hmm. it's done deliberately deliberately you know yeah. Yeah, I noticed a lot of that, and even in the pretty some of the pretty made stuff too. I hear a Def Leppard type uh, feel to them as well. Actually, I wish Def Leppard would sound like you guys. I mean, God, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean those two albums. I mean, basically, I got to say, like, well, I like Def Leppard since actually since High and Dry or something like that. But yeah, yeah. but Pyromania and Hysteria today is still some of the most important oh, yeah. hard hard rock albums, melodic hard rock albums that ever came out yeah. for me. Personally, right. you know. yeah, I've and they're it. still they're still doing good. I saw them a couple of years ago. They're still great, man. Yeah, yeah, they still they they can still rock out. And mm. uh, the other song, "Picture Yourself," um, mm. it obviously has a lot to do, or I think it has a lot to do with all the riots and stuff that went on during the you know the past year and everything. Is that mm-hmm. uh, you know really what it's about? That that's what it's all about. It was like a combination of all the Black Lives Matters and the George thing, you know, and all right. you know yep. all the and the climate change and mm-hmm. you know and everything. That that's what it's all about. It's uh, I had I had some really um, I I have a you know a good friend of mine is Michael Kiska from Halloween. Oh really? Okay. And uh, and uh, we when we toured with Avantasia together, we had all these. Uh, as we often had lunch together and talked about spiritual spiritual things and stuff like that. And he reads a lot. I've spoken mm-hmm. to him a couple of times during all this and wrote with him. And so, so that he actually um, kind of, I was a little inspired on this, this lyric uh, when I like um, on, on picture yourself from, from what he told me. It, I mean, it's about, we gotta, we gotta treat nature and treat animals with respect, you know, and, and mm-hmm. maybe this is, I'm not, I'm not so much into these, these conspiracy theories, but, but just think about it. What everything that goes on now, maybe it is, it could be nature's way of, of payback or saying, thank you human right. beings for, for nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that's the inspiration for that one. That, that's what it's all about. Really. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel? Like, I don't know, like, what did you guys see in Denmark? Because uh, do you see like this, I, you know, because there's where I'm in New York, but I'm not in New York City. I'm in, on Long Island or whatever. And New York City is a, a mess. I mean, it's closed uh, down to it, all the businesses are like, you know, gone down there. My friend that works down in there, everything's different than it used to be. Um, I mean, did you just, how did you feel about seeing all the things that were going on here? I mean, did that kind of stuff go on in Denmark as well? Are you talking about COVID nineteen now? No, with the riots and all that stuff. Because oh, I know some other country, you know, had riots and things too. Like I don't know why, but 
we 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 had we had riots here as well, you know, and, and in Europe as well. Absolutely, maybe not as huge as in America, but that's where it, where it kind of kicked off, I guess. But but you know, but it's been I mean, it's been a worldwide thing. Mm. I mean, it goes for Black Lives Matter, it goes for for me too. Whatever happens, one place in the world will happen to the rest of the world right away. Really? It's a small right. world these days, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I, we've been following it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've actually had a couple other people from Denmark too. I don't know if you're, you should be familiar, but I'm not sure if you are. Michael Denner from uh, Merciful Fate. Of course, man. I mean, way back, back, back in the day, back in the in the early eighties, eighty two, eighty three, we always met up in Copenhagen. That was the that was the place to go to concerts, you know, to see hey. Judas, Judas Priest and stuff like that, and and in King Diamond and Denner and Sherman, they were all there, you know. So, hey. of course, I have I haven't seen Michael Denner for a, for a while, you know, but uh, but not so many years ago. I met him in Sherman. They had this new band together, which I cannot. Recall, uh, uh, probably Dennis Sherman. <laughs> it was yeah, well, well, it was. It was actually Dennis Sherman, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a great guy, man. So. Yeah, he was. He, he gave us a because I also do a King Diamond uh, podcast, and mm. uh, he he was like one of the first guests on there, or whatever. And uh, yeah, he he was a great guy. He gave us hours and hours and hours of content, so he was real fun to talk to. And also, um, we actually got to talk to Kim Ruz, the original Merciful Fate drummer, as mm-hmm. well. I, I remember him. I remember him. I haven't. I've, right. I've, I've probably met him back then, but I bet he's, he, he was out not long after the first album or something. Or, yeah, after the no, he did. He did the two two Merciful Fate albums. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like disappeared. Actually, we did an interview with him. He gave us a really nice interview, and uh, you know, we kept in touch a little bit. And uh, but then he kind of disappeared. I, I don't know. So he's a little. Uh, he was actually. We were talking back and forth because with the virus uh, and everything that was when it kind of started. Uh, was did it really get really bad down there? Because I guess his wife actually is uh, must be a nurse or something with the doctor, a doctor mm-hmm. or a hospital type thing. And he said it was you know really bad there. How bad did it get? Well, it. I don't think it got as bad as we saw pictures from America just when it, when, it, when, it, when it started out and we saw the pictures from Northern Italy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the Danish government were pretty quick to, to, to lock down and actually prevent it for, for like uh, really uh, being a big pressure on the, on the, uh, the health system. Yeah. So, uh, but, it, but it's been bad enough. I mean, we still had our victims, a lot of people died from it and stuff, but not as bad as it was in certain other places in the world. Yeah, and, and right now uh, I think it looks it looks pretty positive. I think they're about to open up. They started sending the, the kids to school again now. Uh, still go can go out to a bar or a restaurant or anything, but hopefully in a oh, month yeah. or something. When now the vaccine is here, right? I just had oh, my did? first okay. my first sting last week, and um, mm. so I'm in the vulnerable group because my my lung cancer thing, you know. So. Right. Uh, so I got another two weeks to go, and then I'll have the second one. So, um, and that hopefully will as many people as possible will be vaccinated as fast as possible, so we can get back to normal. And it goes for the whole world, right? Yeah, yeah that's good. I didn't, I didn't wasn't sure if you guys started getting the vaccine yet or not. I don't. I don't really get to see too many of the other countries of what they're doing or whatever. But uh, we're getting ours here, and everything's actually where I am. Everything's kind of been open, really, anyway. But mostly, uh, like in the city and, and New Jersey, everything's kind of still a little bit mm. closed, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of still normal life where I am. Yeah, well, the, the, the stores just opened here. Not not all of them, but some oh, really? just opened here. Yeah, just like a week ago or something like that. Oh wow! So uh, actually, on Monday, I think. Yeah. So oh, yeah, wow. pretty fresh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully everything starts getting back to normal at some point. You know. And, we hope so. Uh, yeah. Um, and also, too, also uh, somebody else that we had on our show, uh, and he's on your album. He's the bass player, uh, Pontus Edberg. How'd you get mm-hmm. in contact with him? 
Well, I've never seen him actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have. I've seen him on pictures. I never met him actually, to be honest. Oh, wow. Uh, the thing is, the foundation of this album was uh, was something Chris Laney suggested because he's doing this at the movies project where they oh, record yeah, old right. '80s stuff and basically yeah. uh, eighty, you know, movie hits from the '80s. And I was part of that too. So um, okay. So we just uh, just for one song, I did. We don't need another hero by Tina Turner, right? For Mad Max. Oh, all right. Cool. And, and when we talked about that's actually when I realized I still had the pipes because I've been going through three or four months last spring where I couldn't sing because of my uh, my lung tissue was damaged from radiation. Mm, right. So um, that's when I realized I could still hit the high notes you know, without coughing. <laughs> and um, so he suggested, why don't we do use the whole foundation of. Um, I love the movies for this. And I said, sure, man. I mean, it's brilliant musicians. There's two of my two ex Pretty Mates members, Alan Townsend, the drummer, uh, Morton Senna, the keyboard player. And then there's Pontus Edberg, Pontus Norgreen from Hammerfall. And there is Lini Evikstrom, who's a great female singer, and uh, Bjorn Street from uh, Solwerk. And um, they're not on all the tracks, all of them, but, but they are basically the the foundation for for this album, musical foundation for this album. And then we got hold of a lot of different guitarists that Chris knew up in Stockholm, uh, Kima Shello, one of them. And uh, I had my friend uh, Oliver Hartman from Aventasia come mm-hmm. up and play, well, not come up, we sent some stuff down to him and he played some great solos on that. So it's, I mean, it's just a blend of great musicians. I mean, yeah. so uh, I'm really feeling, I'm very happy about the result. Yeah. Yeah. I saw all the list of all the musicians you had on here. I, I knew the album was going to be good because, you know, I mean, it's you, obviously, and then you know, just the way it's produced and everything, too, and, and just all the, the solos and the guitar work and the drum work and even the bass work and everything, even your voice. Like you said, you weren't sure how it was going to be, but it, it sounded normal to me. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like anything really changed at all. No, I don't feel it did, actually. I mean, not as, as I got going, it didn't, but I, I was just very scared in the being, and that's I'm so fucking thankful for that because yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'd lost my, lost my boys as well, then I don't, wouldn't know what to do. Right. So, I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I'm, and I was I was scared about it even before the surgery when, when I actually had the original diagnosis in 2019, and they told me they wanted to remove 20% of my lungs, Ooh. which they had to, right? Now, right. I was thinking, can I, will I ever be able to sing again and stuff like that? And, mm. And I realized after the surgery, not long after, that I could still sing, you know, but I just had this coughing thing that, that came mm. all the time for a long time. And so, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I think I've, I've done good on this one. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I think so. There's not, there's, there's not any big change or major change. There might be a little change. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I can't hear that myself. Nothing that And, I, I, <laughs> and I, I, I've got to say, I haven't been... I mean, back in 2019, I was in absolutely top shape. I toured with uh, Avantasia around the world for like 12 weeks, and um, mm-hmm. I was just on top of my game, and then this happened. Yeah. So I don't know how I would be in a in a touring situation if I could do like six weeks uh, or six days a week, as we've done on the last Pretty Mates tour, or five mm-hmm. days a week. I don't know what, what my situation is there, because one thing is being in the studio and walking around uh, home, you know, and sitting right. do it with my dog. But uh, what it's going to be like in the touring situation, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. I'd like to find out because uh, my big <laughs> dream, my big dream and wish is to go back on stage in some constellation. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, have you? Do you do any other jobs besides music? No, I don't. No, 
I guess the music's been your thing for 40 years. You're lucky, not man. For four, not for 40 years. I've been, a, <laughs> I've been a, no, no, I've been doing other things. I've been taking care of kids, playing with kids, like, like uh, I mean, like music, playing music in real bands, oh. getting them to play together. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an educated bricklayer, you know. I've been doing okay. that so, sometimes in between, but I always return to the microphone. That's a lot more fun. No, yeah, yeah, yeah especially, <laughs> yeah, I would say so too. Uh, if I could, if I could do music for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Of <laughs> but course, unfortunately, of course, my, the real world doesn't work out that way. <laughs> oh, but now I think it's that, it's like that for a lot of people, especially these days. It's it's it's, oh, yeah. it's actually it's harder to get by, even though you uh, might might have been a big star in the eighties or whatever. You know, I mean, don't sell the same amount of records anymore, and you know the whole thing, the streaming thing. So you got to go out there and play live, and you know, mm-hmm. sell some merch, and you can't do that now because it's not possible right so it's been a, it's been a horrible year and a half or it's been a horrible year indeed you know for not just but for the whole rock and roll community because, oh yeah uh, all the people behind the state the roadies the crews you know the catering companies everything everybody's been affected by this yeah. so. now do you think like having this little break of you know not having concerts and anything do you think the music scene is just going to explode like when it starts well, to get back to normal I can't really predict what what's going to happen because I know that that everybody want to go out and play at the same yeah. time, you know, yeah. and and a lot of the bigger bands has already pushed their tours. I mean, there's simply not venues enough for everybody to go and play. And, right. and, uh, and actually, I Halloween just canceled. Halloween had a show, I guess, maybe this year sometime, and they just canceled it and moved it to next year now already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I mean, there's a lot, a lot of bands did, but and, yeah. uh, I, I can't predict. I think there'll be like a, a, a two-year long transition mm. period, maybe where things have to kind of adapt to normal. I don't know. It's it's difficult to predict because we've never been in a situation like this right, before. Yeah. So I mean, let's. I just hope the best for all bands. You know, that we all get a little share of. Yeah. <laughs> get getting get, so. get, get, get some live gigs you know and I mean people every, every band's we're going to go out I mean people don't have the money for that right. I mean <laughs> for, to pay take, pay for the yeah, tickets I don't know it, it's hard to predict but I just hope things get back to normal as soon as possible I Absolutely. hope so too I just hope that, you know, because, you know, everybody's actually, bands have still been putting out albums, like you're putting out your album now, and I hope maybe, you know, people just, like, on YouTube got nothing to do, you know, they're still out of work or whatever, maybe, and searching rock and metal bands and finding new bands that they never heard of before, and mm. when all this stuff breaks out, maybe, you know, things will pick up, you know, because, like, you've been doing pretty maids for, for forever now, you know, and... Mm-hmm. um it's. I guess you you never really got to be like a, a huge big band, but you continue to keep doing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we definitely we we have our markets like Germany. And right. Japan has always been a great market for us, and, and actually, the last ten eleven years since we did the the Pandemonium album back in. Mm-hmm. In 2010, we've been on a roll, man. And, and yeah, some, I, I noticed did, that. Yeah. Did, did, did some pretty constant. Uh, I would say kind high level. Of albums that we did, and, yeah, definitely, and proved proved that we were still relevant to the business, you know, to the music scene. So, but um, yeah, but I mean, write these things. What what else can you do than write some music and maybe record something? You know, that's that's you can't meet physically, so I mean, you got to right. do something. Exactly, uh, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, it is definitely is. What keeps you going this long? Well, what keeps you doing pretty maids, and now you're doing this? What what keeps you doing it? Just, well, I, I just couldn't love do it. anything else. But yeah. It's the love of music, for the love of music. I lo- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. I've been writing songs since I was 10 years old, when right. I think oh, about well. it, you know. It's, like, I can't, it's not really something you tell yourself 
you're going to do, you just do it because you get the ideas. I don't know where they come from. Sometimes right. you get, idea, you know, a melody stuck in your head or so other times mm-hmm. you can provoke it by playing the guitar. Sometimes you're sitting by the piano and you get an idea, different inspirations. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Um, it just comes to me. Yeah. And uh, even though I sat down and said, I don't want to write any more music, and I, I know I'll have an idea at some point. <laughs> and then I'll tell my wife, hey, sorry, can you hang on, hang on, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I've just got to go upstairs and record this, you know. Yeah. That's the word, the story of my life, really. Yeah. What, now, did you grow up in like a musical family or you just did it on your own? I partly did, you know. My, uh, my, we used to, none of my sisters are, are playing any instruments, um, but we, we used to sing a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. My my uh, my siblings are like uh, between 10 and 13 years older than me. Oh, wow. I, I, I wasn't supposed to be, that's for sure. Um, oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, good thing but, you were. Uh, we used to play. I remember from when I was a very little kid, you know, like 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 the 60s, we were like singing, my body is over the ocean, you know, like right. a canon kind of thing, you know. And we always sang a lot. I, I grew up listening to a lot of... Uh, Beatles, Bee Gees, uh, late sixties music, and then came the all the Abba and all those bands and and the glam rock and the stuff in the seventies. I grew up with that, but I, mm. but I, the first songs that I remember from my youth is the songs that were played on my elder siblings, uh, cassette players or radio or whatever it was. Mm. So, uh, but my uh, my aunt plays piano and stuff like that, and actually my daddy could sing as well. My brother can sing. But they never made a living out of it. But, really? Okay. So you're the first one in the family that made a living out of it, or somewhat of a living? Yeah, they don't, they don't even think I can sing. They say I scream. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. And, listen, and my brother, who's 13 years older than me, he, he was still to this day, I mean, he's, well, he's like 69 or 68, 69 now. He was still saying, aren't you going to get a haircut, boy? <laughs> you know? Well, oh. that's how it is, man. Yeah. And if you haven't done it now, you're not going to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, does your wife like your music? Does she like Pretty Maids and all the stuff that you've done? Yeah, I mean, she likes some of the stuff. She's not really into metal and stuff right. like that. When I met her, she was into Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know, back in back yeah. in the mid-'80s. And, um, nah, but, I mean, uh, well, she she'll just likes it. She's not in particularly into music. She likes what's on the radio and stuff like that. And, yeah. Of course, she listens to music, but she's not particularly into metal or anything like that. Yeah. That seems to be the consensus. My wife's the same way. She don't like. I mean, she likes no. the stuff I listen to, but very rare does she ever find anything she really likes. That's uh, probably why you found each other, right? Probably. <laughs> I, I like that anyway. This way, I'm not sick I mean, of her music and whatever. So you don't want to go out and eat dinner with a metalhead, would you? <laughs> no, I've I've been no. <laughs> Lazy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, one other question, because I know you got to do some other interviews, and uh, we got to cut this short at some point. But um, I always wanted to know where did the name Pretty Maids come from? I think it came from. Uh, I think Kenny came up with the name from from okay. a book, Pretty, Pretty Maids Mall and Roll, like like the Eagles song. Actually, mm-hmm. I think that there was, there was a book called that. And then when we started out, when when we, you know we we talked about. Uh, you know, changing the names because a lot of people th- obviously thought we were a girly band. Right, yeah. But uh, so we talked about changing the band name to Attica. I, I remember, I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> it was just an idea that came. But the thing is that we already had t shirts printed and we couldn't afford to print new t shirts. So we stuck <laughs> with the name. And that's the stupid story, but nevertheless, it's true. Uh, <laughs> and then we just, uh, yeah, we also took the, I mean, the first record, you know, the first, um, 
uh, record deal we had with a little English uh, independent label called Bullet Records up in Stoke-on-Trent in Britain. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said, uh, you cannot be named uh, Hansen and Christensen and Nielsen, Jensen and all these names. So we, always cha- we changed our names, all of us. I even oh, changed really? my first. I changed my first name as well. My real name is actually Paul. Even oh, spelled really? with an A, yeah, no, but I know I don't know where I got the Atkins from, but um, but I do know that Ronnie James Ronnie James D was definitely the reason I picked the name Ronnie because <laughs> he was my big idol back then. Oh, that's cool! I had no well, idea. That's... No, that's, well, he still is, but uh, anyway, yeah. oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, cool, nice, uh, and also one other thing is. Um, through after your career with pre-maids i noticed you have a lot of band members come and go um most recently i think uh Hapatino was in your band for like a little while what happened with that we sacked him mm. no i mean he, he, can, he can, <laughs> no no he, just, he, he seemed just, to be going he, through a phase because he left king diamond too so uh, for, for the for the very same reason apparently oh, I, really? I haven't, okay. but i've met hal since that hal is a great guy and i remember him back from back in the 80s and stuff like that mm. um He's a great guy, and I don't want. I don't know if it was his wife or whatever. You know, I don't know what happened to him. But suddenly he wanted more money to play a gig, and he did that twice or something. And the mm. image, okay, forget about it. Get yeah. out. We're, we're we're done, man. But he's a nice guy. We met with him since, and we jammed with him and stuff like that. You know, and he's great. He's a great character. Uh, yeah. and a great great stage character as well. You know, but he was in the. He wasn't on any album. He was in the band right. for, for the Pandemonium tour, and that, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm a huge King Diamond fan, obviously, because I got the King Diamond mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, and I've been trying to get him on my show as well, because another friend of mine is actually knows him as well. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's kind of blown me off a few times. So if you ever talk to him again, tell him to come on my show. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't, I haven't spoken to King since uh, we did a gig in. Um, I think it was in. In, in uh, it must have been. 1995 or 96 with uh, Richie mm. Blackmore's Rainbow, the last incarnation of, of Rainbow back then, and, oh, wow. and, uh, and King Diamond and us and another band I can't remember in, in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. That's the last the last time I've seen him, you know. Cause oh, wow. I, I actually had to walk into the room because there was something about he did he didn't want to go out uh, until dusk or something like that. I mean, that was a vampire. Uh, yeah, but it was something like that, and it was it was a sunny day. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know he lives in Texas these days, and, yeah. I, and I haven't seen him for I mean, yeah, like twenty five years. But I remember from back back in the day, he was always a super nice guy. You know, so. Yeah, and um, so. From being with Pretty Maids for so long, and you've had uh, a lot of musicians coming in and out of the band, uh, has it been hard to like do new albums with like new musicians, or is it pretty much like your, you and your guitarist come up with the stuff, and then the other musicians come in yeah. and fill in, or well, how's that been working? It's been like this. It's, it's like being Pretty Maids basically consists of you know two strong egos, I would say, though, from back in the day, because we had mm-hmm. the same, as I said, we had the same dreams and goals, mm-hmm. and so it, it, in the beginning it was kind of the law of the jungle, you know, and I and mm-hmm. actually looking in hindsight, I'd say that this band still uh, I go went on for like thirty eight or thirty nine, forty years actually, mm-hmm. uh, with two uh, alpha males in the same gang. That's quite uh, <laughs> quite something to accomplish, isn't it? Yeah. So it was basically we we've been the. Yeah, we we were the foundation songwriting wise. I mean, um, Chris Laney was part of writing uh, one or two songs on the last album. Morton Senna, the keyboard player, was on this album. Also wrote some parts. It mainly mm-hmm. were the keyboard players who were in the band. Back in the mm-hmm. A was Alan Owen was the keyboard player. And he was also participating a little bit on on a song or two. But but me and Kenny wrote the uh, lion's share absolutely. Yeah. 
So you still stay friends with some of those ex-members, or was there bad Well, blood most of them, I don't see them very often, but I'm not. Yeah, a, yeah I still I'm, I'm friends. We never, I never, I was never enemies with any of the guys. Right. Always on, on good terms. I wasn't on bad terms with anybody, as far as I remember. But I just haven't seen them a lot of them in, in, in many years. In many yeah. years. Yeah. Well, very cool. I really appreciate you doing the interview interview with me, and uh, I really congratulations on a new album. It's really great, and uh, everybody needs to go out and buy it. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else you want to let anybody know about the album? Well, I just hope you dig the album. Let me put about say about what can I say about the album? It's it's, it's like a melodic, yeah, as I said, a melodic rock album with a heavy twist. It's not as heavy as Pretty Mace is, but I'm pretty sure if you like Pretty Mace, you'll like this too. The singer sounds pretty much the same. Yeah, he's all right. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's a jerk, but anyway, he's exactly good, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hope people like the album. You know, I seem personally say if I should recommend the album, but I say it's, it's got eleven good songs on it, you know, and, and um, got some good hook lines and stuff like that, and. Hopefully people will dig it. That's what yeah. I hope. And I hope I'll be able to to you want to come to New York one day. Yeah. That would be great, you know. Have you ever Maybe been that's... to New York? Yeah, we did, did did two albums there, you know, back in the eighties. Oh, we right. actually did, did the Future World, a big album from the eighties, and the one was that was I had a proper release in America it was uh, recorded up in Woodstock in oh. Bestville. So uh, and we mixed an album right in, in hit factories in Manhattan, you know. Oh. In eighty eighty nine, so yeah, we went a lot. We did videos, shot videos over there. So yeah, I've been there. we just never toured America. Right. Yeah. So well, uh, maybe one day when everything opens back up, you come here and you tour. That would be great. That'd be awesome. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> okay, man. All right, All right. and uh, it's released by uh, Frontiers Records. And when is the actual re- album release date? Is it this Friday? It's on this Friday. Yeah, this March twelfth. March twelfth. Yeah. 12th. yeah. Right, so. And cool. do you have a Facebook page everybody can go to? Yeah, you can go to Ronnie Atkins Official on on Facebook. Yeah, and I'm on Instagram too. And you can you'll get some yeah information now and then on those sites a couple of times a week. All right, sounds awesome. I actually just uh, added you on Facebook, so friend request. Cool man. (laughs) All right. Cool man. And uh, this. Thank you again very much, and everybody, please go out and check out uh, uh, what, what's the album name? One step, right? No, one shot, one shot, one shot. One, one one step. Step. What the yeah. hell is I think? One shot. Uh, I don't know. You're thinking about something else, but um, anyway, it's called one shot. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next album. <laughs> one step. <laughs> yeah, one step. Second step. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. All right. Again, thank you very much, everybody. Go buy the new uh, Ronnie Atkins album, One Shot, and we will see you guys next week. Ratsalreview.com. Thank you. Bye. What? <laughs>